and welcome to the Daily Gator Daily Thought with me, Doug Hagan. This is it, my friends. The Daily Gator Daily Thought, if you're left, you just ain't right podcast. And there will be a new format starting tomorrow. I will talk about one topic, one topic only to limit time because I can't shut my mouth if I do several. Um, so I'm just going to simplify it and try to stick to that. Uh, to save time and uh, make it a briefer episode for me because I, I did uh, one earlier today, recorded it, and the second uh, second half it just wouldn't load. I don't know what happened. Uh, so here we go, my friends. Let's start out in the House GOP. ABC News uh, about uh, about a week ago. Story I've been sitting on a little while. House GOP opens up amendment process for the first time in seven years, allowing debate and delay on House bills. Debate on bills? Yes. Thank you. Um, Nancy Pelosi did not like that. She didn't uh, didn't allow that. And she was speaker and had the gavel. So uh, there you go. For the first time in nearly seven years, the House on Thursday brought legislation to the floor under what is called a modified open rule, a change that leads to more open debate on the floor, its supporters say, though others say it removes restrictions intended to officially move proposals through Congress. Yeah, because they're really efficient. Now, they move quickly, and they're 5,000 pages, and guess what? No one can read them. No one can figure it out. I wish they would just go to... Each bill has a tackle, one thing, period, nothing else, one thing, maximum three pages. If you can't put it in, in, explain it in three pages, it's too big, too convoluted, too confusing, and it shouldn't become law. I think the founders would approve, James Madison especially, who warned to ha- about having legislation so large that no one could possibly know everything in it. And James Madison, of course, even though he's dead, his uh, his body is still smarter than all of Congress put together today. So if he liked it, it was a good thing. There was an energy bill on the floor Thursday evening with a process that prior to the vote allowed any member, any member to submit amendments in the congressional record. Imagine that. Representatives of people... Everywhere in the country can offer amendments. Well, Nancy Pelosi would would just hate that. It's the first time such amendments have been allowed since May of 2016, and the first time since 2013 with non-spending related legislation. Uh, the rule change was negotiated during uh, Kevin McCarthy's fight for the speakership when his detractors asked for more open debate on bills. Open debate is good. Is very good. I like it very much. Okay. Uh, there's no reason to have shadowy bills that you can't openly debate. If you don't want open debate on the bill you put in, that you presented, there's something wrong with that bill. Uh, This is what we promised the American public. This is what we promised members on both sides, that there will be more openness, more opportunity for ideas to win at the end of the day, McCarthy told reporters earlier this week. Um... Some Republicans were critical of the use of closed or, quote, structured special rules under Democratic Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Speaker Facelift, uh, in the chamber. 
Uh, those processes limit amendments for consideration or eliminate them from being brought to the floor altogether. That's not good. We need to have that. We need to, to have discussion, debate, amendments to get the best bill possible. Now, if we could just get Democrats to support bills that actually are supported by the Constitution, we'd really be good. Uh, a Pelosi source also said, and this has to be the truth, that the closed and structured rules that she had gave her, as in Nancy Pelosi, uh, control of the floor process, which she preferred because, well, she's a statist. What do you expect? Now let's move along, my friends. Got us go to town hall. Eric Adams, the uh, the uh, mayor of New York City, says it is unfair. It's unfair. It's not fair and unfair both for sanctuary cities to carry the weight of the border crisis. <laughs> Who's been carrying it, jackass? It's been Arizona. It's been Texas. It's been probably Colorado, maybe New Mexico, Oklahoma. It's been a handful of states close to the border handling it. And when Ron DeSantis and others start sending, and the mayor of, excuse me, the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, when they start sending uh, migrants, illegal aliens, they used to be called, will be told the truth in America, to New York to take care of, to say, hey, you, you want them in, you're a sanctuary city then you've got to take your share. Then Eric Adams, he didn't like that. Now he says he's carrying the burden. Hey, Ace, you didn't mind when Texas was doing it, when Arizona was doing it. You didn't mind it then, did you? But you mind it now that it's on your doorstep. And I'm not going to call uh, Eric Adams a bigot because I don't think this is bigotry. I think he's just uh, a lazy, stuck-in-his-ways leftist who is uh, basically a terrible mayor, like every mayor New York's had for God knows how long. And don't throw Giuliani up at me, okay? No big fan of Giuliani. Uh, Mr. Pro-abortion, Mr. Pro-gun control, pro-other stuff. Never was a big fan of Giuliani. He's been, he's been preferable to all the actual idiots that have been mayor, like the last goofball they just got rid of, the guy who was seven foot tall, dumber than a, than a brick. Uh, openly communist, uh, but uh, Giuliani was no great shakes, and certainly the guy that that followed him, the little general, the little totalitarian starter kit, uh, who want to tell everybody how much salt they can put on their food, uh, and ban this, ban that, ban this, ban that, ban. You can oh, can't have a soda that big. Mayor'll get you again. New York, I, I never want to visit New York again. If I never see New York again, it will be too soon, quite frankly, until that state recognizes the Constitution as the law of the land. You can have New York. You can have it. Again, if I never see New York City again, or even the state, with their wacko gun control uh, totalitarian governor they have there, uh, Cruella, Governor Cruella, I call her, uh, you can keep that. But anyway, Eric Adams is mad, and that's probably a good thing. When you make little, little, little whiny starter kit totalitarians angry, you've done something good. Now, let's talk about China for a minute. China. Uh, thanks for that virus, by the way. 
China. Thanks a lot there, Zing. Uh, or Z, excuse me. Uh, in China, he- things head south quickly. This is a piece by Francis Minton. It's a fairly long piece. Uh, it's a couple weeks old, actually. Uh, it was on the Manhattan Contrarian. Very good blog. Lots of good thinking pieces on there. Uh, lots of things that you want to read because you might not agree with everything. You might have some good points. And it, it's to me, it stimulates the brain more than just a piece you completely agree with or one you completely disagree with. Now, Francis Benton writes, if you follow developments out of China at all, you have likely noted a spate of bad news recently. For years, even decades, it seemed China could do no wrong in its growth toward becoming a major world power. China reported economic growth of 10% and up every year. It was becoming the hub of manufacturing for the entire world, and as its economy grew, its clout on the world stage increased rapidly. Pundits on the left, excuse me, pundits on the left, and occasionally on the right as well, often with overt admiration for the Chinese model of authoritarian uh, state-directed crony capitalism, widely predicted China would supplant the United States as the world's leading power sometime not too far into the 21st century. Suddenly, that's looking much less likely. Well, what happened? The fault lines have been there for a long time, but well concealed by a regime that, with tight control over information flow. Yes, it's a dictatorship. All communist states are dictatorships, totalitarian states. Freedom doesn't go there. The only freedom in China is what the government gives the Chinese people. So it's just like slavery. You're a slave. You might have some some freedoms your master gives you, but you're still a slave. Communism works the same way. Because let's face it, communism is in fact a form of slavery. Uh, Let me see. In the last few months, uh, as conditions have deteriorated, the regime has lost a big piece of its ability to keep the lid on. In other words, the truth about China is seeping out. And people are starting to read and find out and say, oh, China's becoming a big, uh, a big hot mess, as uh, some ladies might say. Here's my two cents. If the goal is long-term success for the country and the people, the Z regime is doing pretty much everything wrong. As a Manhattan contrarian reader, it will not have come as a surprise to you that China would soon be facing serious reverses. As long ago as September of 2018, I ask, what are the long-term prospects for China? That pro- that post reviewed various destructive policies of the Chinese government that included things like the pervasive surveillance system. Yes, they spy on you. And you better watch what you say and do because they spy on you. Tight and increasing state control of investment, suppression of religion and of ethnic minorities, and more and concluded by asking, in a world of tough competition for talent and investment, what does China really have to offer? In another post in March of 2021, I asked, is China about to win the battle for the future? The post reviewed the prognostications of multiple pundits on both left and right, predicting often in exactly those words that China was, quote, winning the battle for the future. But my conclusion was that various self-inflicted wounds stemming from the authoritarian government model would soon undermine China's progress. 
China's system has enormous disadvantages, mostly self-inflicted by the ruling Communist Party, that show every prospect of greatly hindering and undermining its ongoing economic advance. Economic advance doesn't work with communism because nothing good works with communism because communism is the most despicably failed ideology for any government to follow. It's a slave state, period. Uh, and he lists some of the things that have happened, COVID and a few other things. And again, the way China has cracked down on people with COVID, locking them in their apartments, uh, closing down banks at times. China has, has looked very much like what China is, an evil totalitarian regime. Uh, please go read this all. It, it's a, a very good piece. It is lengthy, but it's worth your time, my friends. It really is worth your time uh, to, to read the rest of what Francis Minton, Minton has to say. And now let's talk a little bit about the, the Pelosi Act. Have you heard of the Pelosi Act? A more recent story. Senator Josh Hawley introduced a bill named after former Speaker Nancy Pelosi, and it's just priceless. And no, it's not called the Facelift Act or the Stretch Act or the I Sleep Hanging Upside Down in a, in a, black, in a black Dot Closet because I'm really a vampire act. Did none of those apply? But in the annals of the United States Congress, this is again from Red State, if I didn't say that, Mike Miller writing, I doubt there's ever been a more appropriately named bill for a more appropriate and necessary reason than the bill proposed by Missouri Republicans under Josh Hawley on Tuesday. The name of the bill, which seeks to prevent lawmakers and their spouses from trading stocks and other securities on which they have have privileged information. It's called the Pelosi Act because her husband didn't get that rich without some help. You know what I'm saying? Even more brilliant, the acronym Pelosi, it stands for something, as most acronyms do. It stands for preventing elected leaders from owning securities and investment acts. Now, is that top shelf, top shelf stuff or what? And comedy gold to boot, here's Holly. Members of Congress and their spouses shouldn't be using their position to get rich on the stock market. Today, I'm introducing legislation to ban, yes, ban, forbid, prohibit, not allow, uh, stock trading and ownership by members of Congress. I call it the Pelosi Act. Oh, Josh Halley, I have a newfound respect for you, my friend. I really do. Absolutely, absolutely brilliant, my friend, the Pelosi Act. Uh, I tell you, Aunt Nancy Pelosi may need to get another exorcism in her house. And you know the reason it failed, I hear, is that when the priest came, I've never been to an exorcism, I'm not Catholic, but apparently the priest came and was trying to cast out the evil spirits uh, out of uh, the home of the Pelosi's. And the demon's voice uh, just kept just kept uh, repeat replying to the priest. The priest said, "Get out, foul spirit! Get out, demon!" And the the, the demon would would answer, "I can't leave my own home, Nancy Pelosi. I know, corny, but what the heck? 
I'm not a comedian, you know. I do play one on podcasting, though, sometimes. Now, here's a question for everyone. Uh, Vijay uh, Jayaraj asks, I'm sorry, I pronounced, I mispronounced your name. I do apologize. And the title of this is on realclearenergy.org. The title is, Are You Really Against Fossil Fuels? Read this before you answer. It's a very important piece, my friends. Very important. Uh, Let's get into this. It is easy for anyone to say that they are, quote, against fossil fuels. Opposition to coal, oil, and natural gas is fashionable and will prompt heads to nod and even hands to applaud in most places. But are people aware of the extent to which their lives are dependent on fossil fuels? Do they know that more than 90% of things used in their everyday lives are derived from fossil fuels? What? Really? Yes, really. Really? Uh, From your toothbrush. Don't you brush your teeth? Please tell me you brush your teeth. Seriously. Uh, Well, Joe Biden may forget. From your toothbrush to your car tire. That's right. Even electric cars that don't have wheels, tires. Guess what? Fossil fuels. Yes. Yes, need electricity to charge them also from fossil fuels. So are they really electric cars? Or do we just, should we just call them electric cars when they're lithium batteries that internally uh, automatically combust and burn the, burn the car straight to hell? Uh, taking 20,000 gallons of water to put one out in California uh, last week, I believe it was. Uh, shoes? Yes, fossil fuels. Refrigerators? Yes, and I mean, what would Nancy Pelosi do? Let's reference her again. Where would she put her gourmet ice cream if not in her super large freezer? In her super, super, super secret hideout in San Francisco. Can you imagine? Oh, she wouldn't survive. Washing machines? Gotta wash your clothes, you know. Uh, The only... Other way to not wash your clothes is for everyone to run around naked. And for most people, that's not a good thing. Okay. There, there is, as the old Seinfeld episode, there's good naked and there's bad naked. There's a whole lot more bad naked out there than good naked people because of age, uh, people being too heavy, people being way too skinny. They're just good naked is not as, as plentiful as it should be. It's more of a rare thing. So, shoes, refrigerators, washing machines, coffee makers, yes, fossil fuels. Furniture, fossil fuels. Your ass will thank you because you're sitting on it now on your couch or, or in a recliner or your some kind of super fancy gaming chair or whatever. But tell your ass it's welcome for fossil fuels. Uh, pens, eating utensils, eyeglasses, commodes. Yes, commodes. You know, Joe, President Joe, where you go boom, boom sometimes when you make it. Uh, Medical gear, camping equipment, and the list goes on and on. Consider the computer or the phone from which you are reading this article. They are made of glass, metal, plastic, lithium, and silicone, all of which require fossil fuels to mine, 
to process or manufacture. While some are chemical derivatives of fossil fuels, all depend one way or another on their combustion for electricity generation, process heat, or transportation. You wouldn't have the iPhone, which you shouldn't anyway, because China and Apple are, well, they're, I would say they're almost lovers now, and the ones getting screwed are people with iPhones who can be spied on by China. Um, Android, so I'm not off the hook. Android screwing me right now. Or MacBook, without fossil fuels. Imagine the irony of typing out end oil in parentheses, or in uh, quotation marks, rather, from a phone that is made from fossil fuels. Why don't you just type out hypocrisy or cluelessness? Or supporting climate activism by relaying video that was recorded with a camera made from fossil fuels. Of course, this sort of irony is displayed regularly and missed constantly. In short, the most fundamental necessities and the most cherished conveniences of daily life are products dependent on the use of fossil fuels, my friends. Yes. Fossil fuels. How about electricity and transportation? The industrial era was a time of great change, and the use of fossil fuels played a big part in that from the early 1800s to the mid-1900s. Coal was a primary fuel source for industry and transportation. Oil and natural gas became much more prominent in the latter half of the 20th century. Cars, trucks, planes, ships, and trains all use oil. So does Gavin Newsom in, her ha- in his hair, but we're not going to go there. If you go electric, the electricity for the vehicle is again predominantly generated from coal or gas. Even wind, solar, nuclear, and hydropower are dependent on manufacturing and mining processes relying on fossil fuels. If you intend to start a new life on the planet Mars or the moon, the rockets you need use fossil fuels. While the use of fossil fuels as a source for electricity and generation and transportation fuel has been discussed widely, their role in the manufacturing and farming sectors is seldom highlighted. The left doesn't want you to know that there's a real cost in moving away from fossil fuels. And it won't be good for your quality of life. Cement, steel, plastic. Sounds like a punk band from the 80s. Cement, steel, and plastic are essential materials that are used in the construction, transportation, and manufacturing industries, playing a key role in the development of what we call modern civilization. Being the primary ingredient of concrete, cement is the most frequently used construction material in the 21st century. It is used in the construction of homes, roads, bridges, commercial buildings, and other infrastructures. The manufacture of cement is one of the most energy-intensive processes requiring the mining of limestone and other minerals that are eventually heated in kilns at temperatures of 2,700 degrees Fahrenheit. 2,700 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. That's like the the hotness level that Selma Hayek is at in her prime. Uh, Another common construction material is steel which is preferred for its immense strength compared to its volume and weight, a quality desirable for the structural framework of tall buildings, industrial facilities, and bridges. Yes, even racist bridges there, Mr. Mr. Buttigieg. Uh, Steel is also used in the reinforced concrete of roads where those evil cars drive. 
on their tires made from fossil fuels and in the manufacture of vehicles, machinery, tools, and appliances, paints, resins, fiberglass, coatings, varnishes, adhesives, and thousands of other materials are all made from Yes, I'm going to say fossil fuels again. It is likely the clothing you are wearing now was made using fossil fuels. Not me. I do these podcasts naked, just so you know. If you ever want to peek in the windows, I would advise against it. I'm not in the best shape. In fact, most carpets, fabrics, coatings, cushions, upholstery, drapes, spandex, and other textiles are made with the help of fossil fuels. Notice the trend here, folks. Fossil fuels are used as raw materials in the production of many chemicals and plastics, lightweight, durable, and versatile. Plastics are used in a wide range of products from packaging and consumer goods to automotive parts and medical devices. And there's much, much more to the, uh, the story here The uh, from realclearenergy.org. I didn't get into food production, the impact that fossil fuels have on that. And let me see, the author of this piece is a research associate at the CO2 Coalition in Arlington, Virginia. He holds a master's degree in environmental sciences from the University of East Anglia, UK, and resides in India. Fossil fuels, fossil fuels, fossil fuels. You want to get off fossil fuels? Well, get get ready to go way back in time to live your life. I don't think that would work out very well. Not at all. And my friends, I am done. I am finished. Finito, Benito. Uh, I will be back tomorrow. And again, I'm going to try my best to stick to one topic. to Keep everything more concise in the timing. I tend to talk too much. I'm just so damn good at it. I really love myself. What if people take me seriously when I say that? See? He's one of the Mego maniacal egomaniacs. That dumbass. Uh, but anyway, God bless you. Thank you for listening. If you're left, you just ain't right. God bless America and go Gators. Talk to you tomorrow, my friends. Be good. Take care of yourself. Get a good night's rest. Watch something you like on TV. Watch something that relaxes you. Something that, uh, you know, entertains you, informs you. Or just go to back episodes of this podcast and listen to me. I do all those things too. That's right. And I'll never, ever record one of these while wearing spandex. Trust me, you would thank me. God bless y'all. Take care. Be good, you freaks. I'm out, bitches. <laughs>